I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This is an episode all about how to add more hotness and desire into your sex lives. Are and we guess bringing what? sexy back? Oh, we're bringing... Oh, wait. Can you sing it for me? Oh, I'm, I'm bringing, bringing sexy, sexy back. back. Justin yeah. Timberlake. That's all we got? XO. And all the motherfuckers don't know how to act. Is that what he says? Yeah. Some, that's. I just know that someone says that. That's... I uh, think that's Timberland. Timberland. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Well, I, I just bought some Timberlands. I went perfect. Okay. Anyways, side note. Um, so we're bringing sexy back with Doctor Lori Beth Bisbee, and we just dated ourselves. All the eighteen-year-olds are like, "Fuck." No, that song's great. Still, it's I know. Timeless. It's no. It's super hot. Actually, I would fuck to that song. Just also, saying. similar to the Rihanna song when she's like S S S M. And uh, wait, remember that song? Yes. She's talking about like, S and like M. Yeah. Right. But I can't actually sing it right now. We need to take some time because I can't remember. It's been a while. But that song is always awesome. She's fucking amazing, by the way. Love you, Rihanna. I hope you're listening somewhere. Isn't she like the most well-paid woman of color in the music industry? Mm, that might be Beyonce. Oh, should no. fact check that. Oh, I don't know. I thought you talked. Okay, anyways. Mm-mm. Fact check, everyone. All right, anyways. So that's not what we're here to talk about. We're, we're talking about how to add more hotness and desire into your relationships. Now, we will talk about non-monogamy. We will talk about monogamy. We will talk about kink. We will just also talk about just relationships and sex and all of the in-betweens and the expansiveness along the continuum or spectrum of sexuality. So I would love to invite all of you to listen and learn a little bit here because if you are in a relationship or maybe you're not and you want to be in one and you want to keep things hot and spicy and think a little bit outside of the box, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee has some Thing to share with you. So before we do so, Chip, are you ready to bring sexy back with a sex question? I am and I have not read the question, so I will be here with you. You mentioned you you had a few side words with yourself about it while yeah. you were writing it. And I well, you weren't writing it, you were cutting and pasting it to our thing. And I was like, what's going on? It's from a legit human that wrote it in the beginning of April. I was feeling for them and also for their partner. So okay, here we go. I am a 25-year-old penis-owning individual, and I have been with my girlfriend for over five years, living together for the past three years. We are best friends, and we love each other very much. However, we haven't had sex in over two years, and this is starting to cause more and more conflict in our relationship. My girlfriend has seemingly lost all interest in sex, and despite my efforts to communicate how sex is an important part of our relationship, I feel like we only get further apart when I bring this up. From her perspective, I need to give her space, and she will come to me when she is ready. However, the longer the wait, the harder it is for me to hide my frustration. Is it possible for some couples 
to just maybe not be sexually compatible, even though other parts of the relationship are great? Really good question. Really good question. Holy shit, my mind is a little bit blown. Yeah, and also... I think we have been there at times, or at least I have. I've completely been there, for yeah. sure. But in, in, in different, or maybe for the first two years, you're like, oh, yeah, it's totally aligned. And then you're like, wait, wow, there's this one aspect that's very off, whether it's sex or something else. So I think that would answer that question is, yes, you can totally have one aspect of your relationship be misaligning or feeling misaligned, and the rest of them can feel like like perfect puzzle coming together but what's your priorities when I was in my mid to late 20s I was on birth control and I can say as an extremely sexual human and now being off birth control in my late 30s I'm almost 40 yeah I realized how much birth control did impact my sex drive but it took me a while to understand that because it would ebb and flow and I'm wondering if this Mm -hmm. person in the partnership is experiencing that the girlfriend because as he said he's 25 year old penis owner they've been together five years I'm assuming that there's some maybe if they're using the like you haven't made babies yet so what are you doing right (laughs) so that could be a factor in the sexual the drive in that sex drive a hundred percent and when i hear someone that's okay so you're 25 you've been since you were 20 living together for three years and so okay think of okay let's let's think of you and me april as separate and this is not one of those examples of us dating by the way because i do that to her all the time she's like stop it so you at 20 and me at 20 we're envisioning ourselves then and who we were at 20 and then 25 and then 30, you know, all, all the iterations of how we evolved and became different people and the knowledge that we gained and the partners that we had. I mean, if I would have stayed with the partner that I was with when I was 20 and we actually did stop having sex in a similar situation where I kind of just didn't want to have sex with them anymore. Not for two years though. Two years is a gap. That is quite a gap but I did you know want to do like maintenance sex or something or like I wanted to have sex with them I just didn't really want to because something had shifted like we grew apart he was my housemate now and when we were 18 it fit because we're 18 but when I'm 20 I'm a different person when I'm 23 I'm a different person and so I guess I'm curious about your experiences with this is I just feel like most people who fall in love and come together at this really young age, at least in this era, the likelihood of us not shifting and potentially growing apart in certain ways, sex or not, is kind of rare, right? Like in some way, shape or form, we're going to grow and maybe move apart. It might not be sex. Maybe we'll fuck for like rabbits forever, but it might be something else. This happened to me with my partner that I moved to Santa Cruz with I was was my best friend I loved him so much we had really fun connected sex the first couple of years and then it turned into we were really great homies and sex became less and less and we shared the same bed and I remember wondering what was happening to my sex drive and then masturbating when he would leave Mm -hmm. for work Mm -hmm. and I was like this might be a problem because I did the same thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Same, like probably the same time as you. Yeah. But then you introduced me to vibrators. <gasps> you, Amy. It's my fault. You did that. <laughs> and it was really helpful. Yeah. However, I didn't know how to implement that into the sexual 
experiences with him at the time because I was so young. I mean, in my brain, I was 26 or 25 around this person's age. And now I would be like, yo, I love you. We had great sex before. I'm feeling a little less sexual. I want to use this vibrator. And while you penetrate me or while, while we just have some foreplay and I will also, what are you into? Talk to them about what they're experiencing. And I have to say, as you mentioned just a moment ago, ebb and flow, I think we were shifting in different directions, both sexually and as humans, and it was bound to have an end. I'm not saying this is ending. Or maybe it is. Or maybe it is. And the communication piece is hard, as he mentioned. So I think maybe, maybe... I don't know. It's hard to say. What do you think? You're, I mean, you're I mean, an expert. Well, it depends on prior- priorities, right? So like, so you and I, I'm, wait, I'm doing it. April and I are in a relationship. Sex is really important to both of us. We start dating at 18, but sex is so important to both of us. So we are going to put in every ounce of our energy to maintain that. We're going, if we have a problem, we'll find the therapist, the coaches, you know, because we both have agreed this is a part of our essential being in our relationship. Or let's take option B, April for sex is really important for her. And for me, it's not, eh, whatever. I could just have sex or like not, or like, you know, we've been here for three years. I'm comfortable. It's safe. But like, I don't really care about sex. And so now we have this big differentiation in priorities. But you still love me and uh, you, I love you. You're, you're my you're best friend. That's fine. We get along. Right. So what we, do we do? We adventure together. Everything. Oh, so yeah. So what do we, so do we do the fairly happy American or Western dream, the white picket fence and have the babies and do the things. And then all of a sudden, like at some point, someone might start cheating on the other person or maybe not. Maybe they just tough it out. But then they later like, wow, I gave up this big part of me because this was important. So I'm not saying cheat on your partner. I'm not saying leave your partner. I don't actually have the perfect advice for you. What I would say is if this is important to you and you feel like there's a huge differentiation between you and your partner and you feel like you've already fully lovingly advocated for it and they're just like, back the fuck off, I'll do it when I want. And then two years go by... Then my next step would be, hey, you know, I love you. We have so many good things going on here. Like, I don't think they have a kid or anything. It's not in the statement here. This is so important to me. I think we need to see someone to get help. Otherwise, this relationship might not work out because this really is an intrinsic part of who I am. And are you willing to work with me? And then move in from that place. And if that's hard for you, just record that, what Amy just said, and play it for your partner. I would have to do that. Nice angel music in the background. Yes. Yeah, easier said I think than done. That's, that's great <laughs> advice. I was not capable in my mid twenties. Oh, me either. I'm I not was saying capa- that I could do it in my twenties. And I think <laughs> this person, just by asking the question, has the ability to help themselves and their relationship in the way of bringing this to light. So, obviously, it seems like the communication is there, and maybe the other person just isn't interested in in shifting. And right just now. last quick. P- quick beast uh maybe your partner also just hasn't spoken to what they need to feel turned on or aroused and so maybe that means they are desiring more foreplay more uh non-genital touch like less penetration maybe they want to use sex toys you know but they haven't been taught or they just don't know it's safe to ask for these things there could be triggers because yeah uh he said that from her perspective i need to give her space when he brings up the communication of 
sex. So maybe she's like, sex is just for you. It's not for me, which Esther Perel has talked about many times. Like if that's the dynamic, you need to take it back for yourself. And there's so, I mean, it's easier said than done and just to go research. We won't even go down that rabbit hole. But if that's the thing, you know, it's like, Hey, what if we just made sex about you and sex wasn't about my cock and your pussy. In fact, not about my cock. What does your entire body want right now for the next six weeks? And it might not even involve me touching your genitals. It might be just me praising you, feeding you grapes, some wine, some chocolate, massaging you, getting a sex toy from purepleasureshop.com using coupon code SHAMELESSSEX for 15% off with the ultimate vibrator. April loves the magic wand. I really love AirPulse technology. And or maybe she just wants to be held and not fucked with in a way that's and when I say fucked with like maybe she just wants a break from sex and to feel safe and respected and valued beyond sex so and you can listen to this episode because there are tips for mm-hmm. all the folks out there looking for Perfectly. some other options so are you ready for a bio yes i am Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee is a clinical psychologist, sex and intimacy coach, author, speaker, and podcast host based in London. With more than 30 years helping people create and sustain meaningful and exciting relationships, Dr. Bisbee specializes in GSRD, that's gender, sexuality, relationship, and diversity, as well as consensual non-monogamy, kink, and BDSM. She is also the relationship therapist guiding couples on the UK-based show Open House, The Great Sex Experiment, and the host of the popular podcast, The A to Z or A to Z of Sex. To learn more, visit DrLoriBethBisbee.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time and we are here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee and we are super excited for this topic because so many of our listeners are looking for ways to add more hotness, more newness, more desire into their relationships. And if you're not in a relationship, this is for you as well, because you might be in one someday, or this also could be, I don't know, within a relationship with yourself. Maybe this is for single folks and how you can add more hotness and newness out in the dating world. So a lot of these topics will speak to most people. So we already heard a little in the intro in the bio about Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, but we would love Lori, if you could tell us, can I call you Lori? I'm going to call you Dr. Lori. Can I call you Dr. Lori? Cool. Dr. Lori, (laughs) if you could tell our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality. So I knew when I was very young that I was different sexually because I remember I Dream of Jeannie was on when I was very young and I made a bottle to live in to await my master. And I told my friend about it and she just was like, what the fuck? (laughs) What's wrong with you? Right. So I learned to kind of keep quiet and not talk about what I was into. And when I started in psychology, I was really drawn to helping people to feel less shame and really own their desires. It took me a while before I found out there were whole bunches of people that liked the same thing that I did. This is pre-internet, guys. So it wasn't so easy for me. It's a lot easier for you now because you can look up and find communities online, but I had no idea. And so I started working with people about 35 years ago now. And I specialize in things that are outside the norm, basically. So I specialize in kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, LGBTQ, but I work a lot with people who are, you know, ordinary everyday folk who just want to try something different or they want to keep a long-term relationship exciting and going. And and that's a huge challenge. 
that's one question that we get over and over and over and over again. And it's because at long-term relationships, as you know, as human beings, we get bored sometimes and excitement. And now it's everything is information highway and we want things faster. And so I get that this is a great topic. And I think a lot of people out there that are listening are going to love this. So let's speak to those people who are looking for ways to spice things up with their partners. And as Amy said, maybe they're not with that partner yet, or maybe they are. Can you share some of the options on the menu, whether they're newbies or they want to try some kink or dabble in some form of non-monogamy and even speaking to the more intermediate players as well, if you can. So the first thing is that you have to kind of know something about what you like and what you want and what you want to explore. And a lot of times people have no clue. They don't even know where to start. So I point people in the direction of erotica because I find that erotica is a great place where you can observe your own reactions. So that could be straightforward porn, right? You could be watching porn. I think sometimes it's better if you're watching something that isn't just sort of straight porn because often there's not enough time spent in the buildup. Everything is about the the orgasm, right? Everything is, builds to the cum shot. So you don't actually get to figure out if there's something interesting you might want to add because they're, they've moved on to the cum shot already. But there's lots of movies out there that aren't X-rated. They're not pornography, but they are erotic and they can give you an idea of what things might like. For example, the movie The Secretary will give you an idea of just what BDSM can look like. And that's actually pretty freaky, that movie. Like people think of it as an entry-level movie. It is not entry-level. It's pretty, pretty freaky. Even nine and a half weeks can give you an idea of fun things to do. We watched that. that. We had we had a was a vintage movie night, and I was like, we had never seen it. We watched it, and it was it was so hot. Holy fuck! You know that that movie was uh, based on a book by a woman called Elizabeth McNeil, who actually lived. The book is based on something she lived through. Oh, awesome! So, if you're a reader. I would suggest you go back to the books. And part of the reason is that books actually have a lot more for you. And these days, lots of them are on audio. So you can listen. And there's such a huge variety of erotica out there. And that's a great way of figuring out, you know, oh, that was spicy. I like that. No, never, right? Never. If you want to tell your partner about something, but you don't want to risk being rejected. So you found something you like you can kind of push something in their direction and go, what do you think of this? You know, complete deadpan. What do you think of this? Somebody gave me this. What do you think of this? You can read to each other, which is even spicier, um, and share, you know, movie nights, reading nights, all sorts of things. So that's the first big tip for me, because it's a great way to find things without having to go somewhere and do something, which people are always really anxious about. Then do, the next step is go and do, right? Go and try. But think outside the box. There's things like burlesque nights that can be a lot of fun. There are ones that are queer ones that tend to have, you know, BDSM acts. So you're not having to participate. You're just watching. If you're in the UK, Torture Garden always has great shows. So you can see people doing things. There's a space where you can try something if you want, but you don't have to. Lots of the crowd are there just to watch and just to check things out. So it's moving from, you know, just observing then to doing all the while you need to pay attention to what's working for you, which is why it's great to do this even if you're single. 
We've given this advice to people when they're like, I want sex toys with my partner, but I don't know what kind of sex toy they, they would like or how to bring it up. And kind of a similar idea is like, why don't you go, if, you know, if you don't want to leave your house, let's go on to purepleasureshop.com. You might, I own that sex shop with my mom online, everyone. And you can look at all the sex toys and say, how would you feel about trying that? What about that? What about that? Or even better, if you can go in person to a brick and mortar and then you can actually touch and feel the toys. But just for y'all, if you want to go to shop at purepleasureshop.com, maybe get some erotica. You can use coupon code Shameless Sex. You get 15% off and you support my mother. Hey, mom, we love you. But I think that's great. It's kind of like, let's put this together. Let's explore together and make our lists of what's what's a yes, no, and maybe, and then put the yeses and maybes together and then see what we can do from there. So this would also include everything from non-monogamy. That would be a kind of a part of that as well. So if you're thinking more about non-monogamy, let me first say, everybody always thinks of the threesome as the place to start. Three is an awkward number. (laughs) It's true. It's a really awkward number. You're much more likely to have a fail with three than you are with four because you can hang out with somebody, right? (laughs) Either everybody's busy or two people are hanging out watching, but you're less likely to feel like you're being singled out and forgotten about. You need to talk about it before you actually act on it. And you need to make sure that you really look at yourself and think about what it might feel like to see your partner with someone. Cause that's actually quite a big ask for a lot of people, but there are places again, that you can go to start the opening up process. You can go to a swingers club and watch, you don't have to do anything. So you can play with your partner with other people playing around you. You can have sex with your partner. You can be fucking while there's people fucking near you. All of that can be really exciting and you still haven't stepped outside that partner bond. And so for some people, that's a nice way to kind of see how they feel. Maybe this is going to be okay. Maybe it's not. But that's one in which I think it's really important to look at what your your own insecurities are and your own areas of confidence. Because if you feel rather insecure about yourself, as soon as you start thinking of adding other people, all that insecurity comes up. I bet. I've personally shared the belief or the, for myself, not speaking for anyone else that like four sounds way better than three. Um, and you know, five, six, seven, eight, that just sounds complicated, but you know, four to me of, of, you know, four humans all coming together and there just seems like there's more of a balance there. And there's something about like the third, whether it's being the third and you've had more experiences, April and I've had differing experiences in this world where I've been the one going to the sex party, having sex in front of people with a partner and feeling like what that feels like to be in this kind of new monogamish place and, you know, like flirting and touching and maybe having him being spanked by someone while he's going down on me. But you've actually had like more legit threesomes watching your partner having sex with someone, right? Your ex- no, no, that never oh, happened. You, oh, they never had sex? I just, we had sex in front of another couple. Oh, he was just watching you. Yes, he was watching oh. me have sex with a, a vulva-owning human, and then we just had sex in front of another couple. Oh, so you, oh, so the, it was just the vulva owners having all the fun, and they were watching yes. the peanut gallery over there. <laughs> I mean, I, I've done the lot. So, I mean, I'm fully polyamorous, so I have more than one relationship. But we also, we have a group of us that enjoy playing with each other and we're into BDSM. And so it can involve all sorts of BDSM and um, sex. And it's a group of trusted people that I could go play with on my own. If, I, if I'm visiting the US without him, it's okay. There's no conversation, oh, this is allowed, that isn't, because we've all known each other for a long time and we've built up a really good relationship. And we have another couple we used to play with all the time. And that, that four energy was always so much fun. 
And sometimes people worry about if you're doing four, that that means that um, everybody gets has to get involved in same sex sex. Like we all have to fuck each other. Yeah. And it does it. Right. So I have a quick question for you. So because some folks that listen to us, depending on where they're listening in the world, may not have access to somewhere like the torture garden or sex parties. And if they want to explore this with their partner, do you think a good way to start is like watching a film or something or or like cami or cami? Yeah. What do you what do you think in terms of that with accessibility and some folks not being able to be a voyeur at a party? Okay, so camming is great. Watching a film together is great. Camming is great. But even better, also, if you know where to look and you use your common sense, hire a sex worker. Mm, Yeah, for real. Hire a sex worker for the sex, for actual sex, or hire a sex worker who's like a professional dom, a professional master or professional mistress. All of those options are actually great options, be you single or in a couple. If you're not aware of where parties are, or if you're just anxious about the emotional side of things, and you'd rather have it be something that was transactional at first, where the emotional bond is just between you and your partner. Yeah. Right. So that takes all that kind of stuff out of it. That person isn't trying to get your partner. You don't have to worry about comparing yourself to them because they're there doing a job and they're going to treat you gently. They are often sex workers really enjoy working with couples and teaching. Yeah, totally. And yeah, like you said, they're there to make money. They're doing a job. So they're not like, Hey, can I get your number later? I'm going to steal your man. And maybe that, maybe sometimes that happens, but no, it's different than like within your community or even just the agreement of when you're out of town, you can go fuck someone like that can still follow you places too. So yeah, sounds like there's a lot of ways to play with that. So, okay. Carrying this over more into the kind of the kink world. So a lot of folks want to play a little bit with some sort of power exchange. And, And a lot of our listeners are a little more new or maybe maybe intermediate, but less advanced. And if you're advanced, you're awesome. We love you too. But talking specifically about the DS part of the BDSM, and a lot of people are either afraid to ask for it because they want it, or they're afraid of being too much. Meaning if I go into that dominant space, I'm too much, especially living in kind of like the me too world. And, or I don't just don't feel dominant, but my partner wants to be dominated. It feels like a show or doesn't feel like it's me. Any tips for people on how to explore this world? Right. So, I mean, this is actually my favorite part of the world because the power exchange is, is, there's something about that energy that's a lot of fun. Let's start with, if you're not dominant and your partner wants to be dominated, you're not the one who's going to do it. Mm. You oh, can't. Harsh it. truth. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's the harsh truth. You cannot fake it and have it actually go well. If you have a part of you that's dominant, you might be able to harness that. And so you look at yourself really well because you might be able to harness that. But ultimately, if it's not your turn on, you can't fake that. It just doesn't come across. In that case, then you might want to see about non-monogamy if there's a way of incorporating that, even if that is bringing a professional in to just satisfy that one need. But as far as you want to start this and you're worried about the person taking too much, that kind of they're going to be overbearing they're going to control too much. You have to remember that everything you do with this, you're doing negotiating first. And when you negotiate, you negotiate from the place of equalness where you are right now. And you talk through what's on the table and what's off the table. And what are the things, where are the boundaries I might be willing to push? So you can start with looking at the power exchange in the bedroom 
first and then experiment with moving it outside of the bedroom. Because it's mostly easier for people to look at that power imbalance in the bedroom because there's always somebody who is the giver and someone who's the receiver, right? You're already set up in your head to think of it that way. There's always a more active partner and a more passive partner. It might change during sex, but it always there's always one person. It's not equal. It's never equal, right? That comes from my, to mind for me. And I think April and I can both identify because April and I, we both are a little more on the submissive side of things. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I have moments where I have these windows of like wild dominant Amy who wants to take control. So I have windows, but I spend a lot more time in the, in the submissive world. Do you ever have those windows or is that, how do you feel about them? Just depends on where I'm at in my life where I'm like, I want to fucking dominate yeah. these people yeah. or I want to be taken care of. So are you speaking to those? Like if you have some of those windows where maybe it's not like who you are all the time in the bedroom, but you have some of those moments or windows then maybe you can play more on that. But if you feel like you have none at all, I do not identify with this at all, then it's not really something you should be. So trying I to am not, I'm dominant in lots of parts of my life, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I am not at all dominant. Zero, 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 zero. I can't even fake it well, even though you know, I clearly am outspoken. I'm here talking in this way. And I, you know, I speak in front of really large crowds of people and I manage lots of things. When it comes to that type of relationship, it's not me. And so I can't do it effectively. If you've got windows like that, then you might be more switchy and then you can pull that off. It's just about where you're feeling, when you're feeling and whether the other person brings that out in you as well. Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour? where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment. Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee Stick Shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. What's up, Shameless Sex Fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm. Me too. Mm -hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, 
the right tools for your sex and relationship so you get what you desire. And it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus, the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it, too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point because sometimes you can hook up with people and you have never been in that experience before. I mean, I've been with someone that really was dominant and it was really exciting because it was the first time I'd ever been with a dominant person. I have also been with really submissive humans and I took on the dominant role, even though I'm kind of like you, Dr. Lord, where it's like, I never feel like I can be dominant, but it's the person. And I just wanted to interject because I had a question about this. If you are with someone, should you have these conversations outside of the bedroom before things start? Or is it something you should do during? Like, you're like, wait, I want this. So I thought we should touch on that as well. Absolutely. You have the conversation, particularly if you're not, you've not done this before. You have the conversation outside of the bedroom. You don't have it during. Part of the reason you don't have it during is when your endorphins are going, it's easier to move your boundaries without really thinking through what the consequences of the boundary moving is. For example, somebody might say, oh, hey, I want to use this paddle on you. Before you went into the bedroom, you were like, yeah, paddles. No, not paddles. You know, maybe a flogger, but I don't want paddles. Paddles are quite heavy and hard. And, and, and even for strong masochists, not a lot of fun sometimes. So, you know, it's like, oh, no, I don't want that. But now you're quite high because the endorphins are, are running and your partner's like, oh, I want to try a paddle. Oh, yeah, go ahead. And then later feel really bad about it, right? Because you feel coerced or because physically you, you feel really you're in a lot of pain and you didn't want bruises or so you really shouldn't negotiate in the bedroom. That's something that happens outside the bedroom. It's great for it to happen on a different day, too, if you're not experienced with this. So when you're experienced, you can sit down with somebody and you can on the day and go, OK, this is what I'm into today, right? But when you've not done this before, the level of excitement and the level of anxiety can be so high that it's better to just, you know, go somewhere that you don't associate with sex, sit down and have the conversation in a really kind of calm manner and negotiate there. And then even if something comes up that you want to do in the middle, use the restraint and put it on the list for next time. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Well, okay. What about, so you touched a little bit in the beginning of this, when you were answering this question about the power exchange and you really liked uh, talking about that. So power exchange, and I'm assuming authority transfer are the same things, but will you enlighten us a bit more about those pieces? Yeah. So we use authority transfer now more than power exchange because you're really not giving your power away. You always have your power. What you're doing is you're giving the authority. So it's like, say you want to drive my car. I give you the keys to my car that's giving you authority over my car, right? You borrowed my car. I'm not giving you the car, it's still mine, right? So I'm handing the keys over to the person that has authority over me. But this ultimately still belongs. Yes, I know the romantic words. Yes, if you ask him, he'll tell you. My husband will tell you that I'm his. Yes, I agree that I'm his. But ultimately, this belongs to me because you can't hand that your, your personal power over. You don't hand that over. You always have it. 
you always have access to it. I love that. Um, and, and so that's why we stopped using power exchanges often. I use it a lot when I'm talking to people who I know don't know what the hell I'm talking about if I say authority transfer. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. I love that what came to me is topping from the bottom. You know, the idea that because you're a bottom, now you must just be like the submissive role who has no control, but really you're kind of still running the show because you're allowing someone to top you to, you know, do maybe they're penetrating you or flogging you or massaging you, but you are still an, an advocate, you know, an active party there. And in fact, sometimes more so than the person that is doing the other things there too, depending on the, the situation. Is that kind of what you're talking about a little bit? Sort of. Um, you always have a safe word and you can always walk away, right? Those are two things. You should always have a safe word. We'll just put that aside. Sometimes people don't, but you can always walk away. And that's what I mean. So nobody can take that away from you. You can always leave and you can always end a situation. Therefore, you still have power. The topping from the bottom thing is interesting because a lot of times people will, you hear these platitudes, oh, it's the submissive who's in control. That's rubbish. Both people are in control. It's co-created, right? So I might be willing to give you all of my life. I might be willing to have you have all my bank account details and run my money. And, you know, and I just do exactly what you tell me and I don't make any decisions myself. But if you're not willing to do that with me, it's not happening. So you as the person in control has as much power as the person who's giving up control because you have to want to do these things and be willing to take it on. It's just different ways. It's different roles. So the fun part is surrendering control for, for somebody on my side of, of it, the more, the more submissive, the slave side. The fun part of it is surrendering control to someone else. That's also the hard part of it. Totally. And I think everyone probably has their different sides. Like, so for me, when I do, when I play with authority transfer, I'm going to use your terminology. I go into, I love being the brat. I, I did not come up with this. I didn't think about like, I like being a brat. It's just what comes out of my mouth when it's, you know, like, oh, you've been a bad little girl, but if you do this, then X, Y, and Z is going to happen. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I, cause I always win, you know, I win if it, you know, no matter what, I'm going to win, I'm going to get what I want out of this. And, and I like to play into that role, but that is just something that's innate in me that has come out. And I think that everyone can, can kind of have like their own little persona, like, you know, there's the slave, the brat, the, all these pieces. And we're speaking more to the kink world. And if you don't identify with the kink world, then I'm sure there, this shows up in the non kink world though, where we take on personas of, of being a sexual being with partner or partners, or even with ourselves. Right. Well, this is one of the things that's a lot of fun. Even if you're not doing kink, you can do role play, right? And it's and that's a lot of fun in terms of spicing up your relationship to take on different roles. Like in nine and a half weeks where, you know, she came home and there was the bag on the bed. And I can't remember if this was in the movie or not. And there was a, a wig, a beard and a mustache in it. And she had men's outfit, man's outfit. And he told her to meet him at the bar. And so they did a gay thing, right? Yeah. So that was complete role play. It was like, you're going to dress as a man and pretend to be a man. And we're going to go to a gay bar together. You're going to meet me at the gay bar and pick me up. Complete fantasy, right? They go home and have a lot of hot sex. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the whole point. <laughs> the, the hot sex at the end is the whole point. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that you can do this with kink and BDSM or without kink and BDSM in order to spice things up because it's fun to step out of our day-to-day -day selves. 
Yeah. And I would say for a lot of folks, at least speaking for myself, vital because if I'm just hanging out in this day-to-day world over here, I get bored real quick. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. UberLube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, UberLube. UberLube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. Which brings me to some of the stats that you've shared on our recent survey. And I'm reading some numbers here, so I might not get it perfectly. But so something about 20% of UK adults, because you live in the UK, of all ages are curious about a threesome. And nearly 40% of adults of all ages have been cheated on. Interesting numbers here. You also stated that in your opinion, opening up your relationship consensually is much more likely to save it from harm. As long as people are able to be honest and authentic and have excellent communication and emotional management skills, there are a variety of non-monogamous options. And I'm curious if you can share more about this. And I want to say to our listeners, because people have commented on this before, we're not trying to convince you to be non-monogamous here. We are not like pro non-monogamy. We're not anti-non-monogamy. We, we love all the sides of the spectrum and whatever you want to do. We just see with stats uh, such as 40% of people are cheating or cheating on kind of shows that there's something interesting in the model where there is uh, just a lot of folks with desire for other and whatever reasons they're exploring it, it's happening. So can you share a little bit more about what that quote that you said in those numbers? Let's start with this, which is I'm not pro non-monogamy, I'm pro-choice. What I want people to do is to know enough about what's out there and enough about themselves to make a good choice. 
That's the thing. When people choose monogamy because that's what's expected of them, that's where these numbers start coming in because they haven't actually thought through what they're choosing. They don't think through what they want. They don't may not even have talked about sex. I can't tell you the number of married couples that I see who have never even had a conversation about sex. It's frightening. So this was a study that was done because um, I've been um, fronting this television show called Open House, The Great Sex Experiment. And so they did a study. They asked UKGov to do a study about opening up. So they commissioned this study. And what came out of it was it was about 20% of all age groups, between 20 and 30%, depending on how you stack the numbers, who were curious about opening up and particularly about threesomes. About 15% had actually had one. And then there was the 40% admitted to having been cheated on or having cheated in a previous relationship or in their current relationship. And the current divorce rate is 42%. So when I said that opening a relationship can save it if you do it consensually, one thing that we know is that affairs damage relationships and they don't do it because someone's having sex with someone else. They do it because of lying. That's what the damage is. The damage is the fracture in trust, the betrayal. And that's the part that's hard to get over. So if you are wanting to be with somebody else, it's far safer and far more beneficial to actually talk about it, be open and honest, and look at what the possibilities are with your partner. Because um, over here, they often say, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Rubbish, bullshit. The worst thing you can do when it comes to a relationship is take that attitude. You'll fuck it up every time. It's far better to ask for permission and be willing to work with your partner than it is to do something and then come back and go, oh, I'm sorry, you know, this just happened. So there's a lot of people interested, but it, this isn't new. What's new is we're talking about it, right? This has been around for ages. It's just now we're talking about it. So people have the opportunity to take advantage of resources. There's a lot of free stuff out there and you can really learn a lot before you actually step out there. So you have a better chance of making it a success. Okay, which brings me to another, just kind of mirroring on that a little bit. So hot tips for folks who want to add more newness. We've touched on it a little bit and they want to refresh their desire. Maybe they've had some stagnancy in their sex lives with their partners. Obviously, we all see that a lot. There's the 40% of the cheating that happens maybe. So if these folks want to dip their toes into non-monogamy, even though we all said that's not what we're pushing on anyone, but if they want to do this, what are some, and I like to say the hot tips, or you can make them boring, but what are some good tips? Right. So unfortunately, some of them are boring, but tip number one is know what you want, right? Know yourself, know what you want. If you're a person who tends to be insecure, do the work on yourself to deal with the insecurity before you start inviting other people around, because it'll bring out insecurity. If you are secure in your relationship and your relationship is good, it's just boring now. That's a better place to start from than our relationship is on the rocks. You know, it used to be when relationships were on the rocks, people would have a baby to save it. Now they go in and, and decide to have a threesome to save it. Neither works. I am sure you've had plenty of clients who had a baby to save and they're like, fuck, we're more fucked than we were before. How do we do this? Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's one of those. So that's, that's the first thing that I say to people. The second thing is you, you have to be somewhat lighthearted about it. 
It's not so serious. It is serious and it's not serious. This is supposed to be fun. So if it's agony and agonizing, go get some help, right? Go work with somebody who deals with this, who can help you through the process. So you're not just arguing and feeling anxious and feeling horrible. The idea is to spice up your relationship, not to make you miserable. And the same way that you would get help, you know, if you've got something physical going on, you go to the doctor. I'll never understand what it is that makes people decide that they're going to tough out anything that has to do with emotions, right? I don't want to seek help with that. But it's supposed to be fun. If it's heavy and it's intense from the very beginning, maybe you want to be trying something else. There's no obligation to do this. Start on the lighter things. Start by watching. Start by going to places where you can watch. Like we said before, you know, movies and erotica, but then going to places where you can watch and take part with each other without actually bringing someone in is a really good way to start. Talk to people who have done it. Although, please don't go to Reddit. <laughs> There's some great stuff on Reddit and Reddit has everything. So. Well, there's some, there's some of the non-monogamy groups on Reddit are like horror story after horror story. After, you know, and, and then people eventually come and see you and they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, where did you find that? It was on Reddit. You know, like, okay, please. There are folks who I know that say I've never heard of a non-monogamous relationship lasting really. And I was like, what's lasting to you? Is that a year, five years, 20 years to the end of life? And, and when they say that I was like, well, I have heard the opposite. Actually, I have heard I've heard lots of monogamous relationships not lasting and plenty of non-monogamous relationships not lasting and also plenty of them lasting too. So, but if I think if you went to Reddit, you would hear all the horror stories, just like if I want to Google the thing on my arm that I'm scared about, I'm going to see all the terrible things. That's what happens. You know, I'm 13 years into this one and I've been, I've been non-monogamous for 25 years um, solely before that I went back and forth a bit, but I'm 13 years into this one and we show no signs of having issues with it. You know, we're quite happy with it. I know people have been non-monogamous successfully for 40 years. It takes the same skills that monogamous relationships take only more so. So your communication needs to be really good. If there's something you're not comfortable talking about, get comfortable talking about it. And sometimes that means not talking to your partner. It means talking to a friend because you're afraid your partner is going to go, ooh, you know, and that's the worst feeling in the world. You bring up something you want to try and your partner's like, ugh. Have fun. If, if you're out looking for people, have fun making profiles and don't take online dating too seriously, please. Recognize that you're, there's a lot of shit out there. I'm going to speak specifically to the men for a second. Yeah, do it. The women are the ones who get all the attention. This is true. You'll get some, but they're going to get tons of it. If you're going to get upset because your wife or your partner is getting all the fucking attention and nobody's even talking to you and nobody responds to the single note that you sent them, this isn't for you. There are so many more men than women out there on every single site. And that's why the women get all the attention, right? So, you know, you two need to have an agreement about if you're inviting people into your relationship and you're not going your separate ways and separate dating, you know, who's acceptable and who chooses. But, and I would advise, by the way, both of you choose. If you're not both attracted, forget it. Don't do it. It's also because Netflix comes out with movies like The Tinder Swindler. So everyone's like, fuck, another Ah! dude trying to swindle me on a dating app. The catfish thing. Yeah, you're like... I don't think it's fucking true. I mean, I, look, I get more dick pics on LinkedIn than anywhere else. Nice. 
So, yeah. I mean, hey, at least you're getting some dick pics. If they're, but that's not consensual, everyone. We are not saying send us some dick pics. And we actually have never asked for dick pics. And we have got a couple in our inbox. And we're still saying don't send them to us. The other thing I've seen, though, and it, this is, again, we're speaking, I guess, more to heterosexual relationships in this case. So my guy friends who are on dating apps, they more often are, what is it? What's the scroll language? We scroll right when you're into them or is it left when you're into them, right? I'm so out of the loop. never remember. I think it's whatever. The direction you scroll in, it's been a while. Left, is, left is no and right is yes. Okay. So with the, they, they scroll right more often than the women I know. Their women are causing no, 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 no. And then like two out of a hundred, they have a yes. And the men are like, yeah, do that. I'd hit that. That'd work for me. <laughs> There's a lot more uh, openness too. So it's just like such a different mindset. It just reminds me of animals, honestly, like birds and like dogs and just like, you know, the birds the, the, the little horny male birds that are flying around the ladybirds like i don't know and then the horny male birds like still doing his bird dance and we're just animals but we are more intelligent and now we have the ability to be fully informed about consent thank sweet baby april over that so i'm glad we are in this era and also i want to learn more about what you're offering because like we you know podcasts this is great we we can be global helping people learn more about things like this non-monogamy consent how to spice your relationship up kink you also though have a six-part tv series called open house the great sex experiment and and i'm curious about a couple things one is it already out how do you come into play you're like the the kind of the therapist on the scene how do people find this and let's just dive into like how people find and work with you let's do all the things like where do they get all your goods so as far as the television show is it was on network tv in the united kingdom it's six episodes the last episode is on friday so you can't get it in the u.s yet Although if you want to catch the last episode i do a watch party every week and so on i think I have a link tree. If you find me on Instagram, you'll see a link to join the watch party for Friday. I actually won't be there. My husband's running the watch party. I'm going to a cast party to watch it. But yeah, so that's the only way to see it right now. I have a feeling that that will change soon, but that's typically what happens when they do a network series. It's usually only available in the country that made it. Although I'm told you can find bits and pieces if you put the name in places in, in various search engines. I do, um, how, how it is, is it's a cut down version of a real retreat that I do. It's a, you know, it's a quick and dirty version of a real retreat that I do where we have couples come and there are singles there that are sexually adventurous singles who are willing to take part. And we have couples come who want to open up their relationships and, um, and they meet with me and we set challenges for them to help them do this. So some to build their skills and some fun things to get them engaged and in the mood. And we give them the opportunity to spend time with one or more of the singles, depending on what their interest is. Right. So like um, there was a an almost foursome. <laughs> Right. And there were a couple of threesomes and there's been some individual dating. So that's the kinds of opportunities. And then after they spend the first night, then they come back and see me the next day and I clean up any messes that are there. <laughs> and then, yeah, and there are and, and we bone up on skills and then they get to go do something else. When I do this in the real world, it's a smaller group and it's a five day thing. And we do a lot more stuff. <laughs> we do a lot more skills based stuff, but we also have a lot of fun. And the idea is to give people the opportunity to try this in an environment that is safe because the people are vetted. Um, and so one of the things that you won't get in the outside world is people who have been vetted. And even when people are vetted, things happen, you know, because people are people. 
but it's a bit of a safer environment because you've got help and support on tap instead of going out. However, I also see people as couples and as individuals to help them with kink, BDSM, and non-monogamy, and sometimes with just garden variety sexual problems. And I do that mostly online these days since the advent of COVID, but also because I see people all over the world. I don't care where they are. And I run some groups. So I have um, a navigating non-monogamy group happening at the moment. And I've got another one starting in July. And we do a six-month group where we've got part of the time you've got a standard topic and the rest of the time your individual issues. So it's a fun way to get involved. So the, I'm, I'm a lot of places. The easiest places to find me, my website is drlaurybethbisbee.com and that has loads of stuff on it. On Instagram, I'm Dr. Bisbee. On Twitter, I'm Dr. Bisbee. And on TikTok, I'm LaurieBethUK. On Facebook, you can find me and I actually have a membership group, but I don't spend as much of my time on Facebook. Most of my time I spend on Instagram and TikTok because they're the most fun. What's your podcast called? The A to Z of sex or the A to Z of sex, depending on where you are in the world. Nice. Uh, The A to Z of sex. I prefer Z over Z. It's more fun, but that's been going since 2016. So there are tons of episodes there on everything you can imagine at this point. And so that's a lot of fun. If you look that up, you can find it on Spotify and on Apple and all the all the places you get podcasts. There are two of them. One of them was from the time when I was at Voice America. I was at Voice America from 2019 until the end of 2021. The other one that has stuff going back to 2016 also has the Voice America episodes. So you just the one that has the more episodes is the one that you want to join because it's got everything rather than the one that doesn't have everything anymore. Oh, get it. You have a lot of options, content, and I'm excited for this six part UK series. I do. I can't wait to watch it. It'll come out because we get finally get Peaky Blinders and, and I watch a lot of the, the really great British TV. And so I'm assuming that will be out and I would love to check you out. I'm sure I'm and if not, because then I'll get to come over and promote it, you know, which will be fun. And we're, we're hoping for a second season. If anybody's listening in the United Kingdom at the moment and you are interested in taking part, there are applications in the moment for both couples and singles. And um, if you on Instagram put in open house, the great sex experiment is all one word that will take you to where you can fill that in. Or if you hit me up, I can direct you to where you need to go to fill that in. It's an opportunity and we're still accepting applications for people for next season. Sounds sexy. Be the experimental lab animal (laughs) out there in the world. The great sex experiment. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, everyone. Thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom and all of this incredible content about non-monogamy and just spicing up your sex life. We all want a little bit more of that. And to all of you out there, thank you for spicing up my life just a little bit more. My sex life, perhaps, but just my life in general and Amy's too. And if you can go ahead and give us five stars on iTunes. What it does is it helps more people in the world, no matter if they're in the UK or in Florida or in Panama, they can find our show and we read every single review. We love each and every one of you so much. You are part of the shameless sex revolution. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.